Welcome back to Trennis Magnus, Jab's Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and what I want to do is talk about 2017. You see, basically I have a not completely annual tradition of just taking a look back at the year that's gone by and maybe also giving a little bit of a sneak preview of coming attractions that are coming soon to a podcast feed near you in the very near future, not very long from now. So anyway, from the top of the list, basically I kicked off 2017 with the conclusion of the Big Book Report. And I mean, technically that probably should have ended in 2016, but there were some delays and stuff, and Honeywell and I, by which I mean Chris Honeywell, the co-host and co-founder of Two True Freaks, uh, Honeywell and I just really weren't able to get together as often as we uh, needed to in in, uh, 2016, and so uh, basically that sort of created a little bit of a backlog, and so, you know, the, the trickle-down effect for all of that was the conclusion for the big book report was pushed back to the very beginning of 2017, so that's actually how I finished, or, or rather, that's how I began the year. I began 2017 by finishing off the big book report, and for that episode, I invited uh, Scott Rifen in to join us. This is uh, Scott Rifen of Dinner for Geeks fame. And partly it's because uh, it's because he's a little bit of a student of uh, urban legends, and I knew that he'd have some kind of interesting follow-up remarks regarding the big book of urban legends and all of that. But the other thing was, you know, Scott Rifen really is a cool guy. You know, he was an early adopter of Trinus Magnus Punches Reality, which is like I like I, he and I have never talked about that, but to this day. That is mystifying to me because, you know, guys, it's one thing for another podcaster to like your show and think you're you're making a, a, a pretty decent product. It's quite another for somebody who's an actual professional to enjoy your show and, and pay you all of these effusive compliments and all of that. Because those of you who don't know, Scott Rifen is not just a podcaster, he's also a radio host. I mean, this is what he does for money. This is how he earns a living, you know? He, this is his career. He hosts a, a radio talk show, and he's won awards for it, you know? And I've listened to his radio show online, you know, in uh, through Facebook and whatnot, and, you know, it's a good show, you know? So I'm not trying to, you know, damn anybody else with faint praise, you know? But it is kind of true that it's one thing for a podcaster to compliment you, but for somebody like Scott Rifen to compliment you, that to me, that's just a bigger deal, you know? So anyway, so uh, he and I, you know, like I say, he was, a, uh, he was an early adopter of Trinus Magnus Punch's reality. And honestly, I mean, I don't completely understand why. But he just seems to really like me. He really likes my show. So uh, here we are. So, and as I say, you know, he's a student of urban legends and whatnot, as is made clear in that uh, in that episode number 181, the big, it's basically called Big Book Leftovers. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't obvious before, it becomes, I think, very apparent in that episode that he really uh, is kind of... Maybe the best way to put it is he's kind of an authority on urban legends and whatnot. And so, you know, there were insights and things that even I didn't know and certainly are not necessarily included in the big book of urban legends uh, uh, volume, the comic book that he brings to the table. And I think the episode itself actually turned out pretty well, you know. So I think that wasn't a bad way to start off the year at all. Also... Uh, in uh, 2017, I launched and then concluded the Smallville Season 5 retrospective. Magnus talks about Smallville. Uh, for the fifth season, I started and then concluded, you know, the fifth season. And that was really a lot of fun. You know, uh, basically rewatching those episodes for the retrospective, that was a lot more fun than I was originally expecting, you know. And going into that thing, I... 
It's not that I didn't like Season 5, but maybe it just had some, uh, like some stink on it from the dreaded Season 4 that this is one of those things of Smallville that I just never completely got over or fully absorbed or anything like that. But I think the fifth season is actually pretty good, especially in retrospect. Now, at the time, well, at the time, there were some ups and downs. But nevertheless, you know, I think overall the the uh, fifth season is pretty good. And I must say the download numbers for my uh, fifth season episodes were, in a lot of cases, very impressive. You know, I mean, my Smallville shows typically get a... I think they get a, a pretty warm reception, you know, as far as download numbers are concerned. But the the numbers for the fifth season were just that much better, you know? So, I don't know. Maybe I'm not the only fifth season fan out there. It's kind of interesting to think about. But anyway, overall, I think those episodes turned out pretty well. By and large, they turned out all right. So, anyway, moving right ahead, still in January of 2017... I finally started talking a little bit about Star Trek, and this is one of those things, I can't remember if I mentioned it in the episode or not, but this is one of those things that I actually got a little bit concerned about, because I try to be very respectful of um, material that I regard as too true freaks turf. You know, uh, there's the obvious issue of, you know, Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell being my benefactors, you know, they've basically totally free of charge, okay? This costs me nothing, nothing at all, uh, to host my show on their platform. So, you know, for that alone, it behooves me to make sure that I don't offend my hosts. But the other thing is, you know, I really do regard uh, Gardner and Honeywell as friends. You know, they are friends of mine. And so now I've got two reasons to make sure that they understand I'm not trying to step on their toes a little bit. So I did uh, PM Scott about this on Facebook. You know, hey, man, you and Honeywell did a show about Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and, you know, some other things that I talked about in that episode. And do you have an objection? You know, don't try to spare, you know, my feelings. Don't try to be diplomatic or anything like that. Would you be put out if I if I release this show, like if I record and release this show. And Scott was really cool about it. He's like, oh, no, 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 go right ahead. You know, this is, uh, you know, the, you know, this is fertile material for, for people to talk about. So that was really cool. So, um, and that was basically, I think this was one of only a couple of episodes that I recorded when I was going through this really heavy, really intense Star Trek binge at uh, the very end of 2016. And then I released at the beginning of 2017. And you wouldn't think that the Star Trek binge lasted for as long as it did if the number of episodes I released is anything to judge by. But it is true that, you know, for... I think it was like a couple of months there. It was all Star Trek all the time. Star Trek comics, Star Trek movies, Star Trek TV shows, all of that stuff. And I thought, well, you know, wouldn't it be kind of fun if I did a show that's about a Star Trek movie and a Star Trek TV episode, and a Star Trek comic, you know, because the shtick of Trinus Magnus Punch's reality is, I talk about comics, movies, and TV shows. And I thought, well, it, it might actually be kind of kind of fun to do that. So all three of, uh, all three of my conventional uh, subject, uh, subject matter, all three of those things are talked about in episode number 184, Tribbles, Final Frontiers, and Suspects. And so... Here again, I think the episode itself turned out pretty well. I mean, I guess I had more... Eh, I guess I had maybe higher hopes for it in terms of, like, runtime. But, you know, in terms of, like, what you actually get, I think it's actually pretty solid, you know? I've done worse episodes, put it that way. So, anyway. Moving right along, um, there was a point... I want to say it was probably around the middle of uh, um, the middle of uh, 2016, where I just started feeling a little nostalgic about my childhood, and specifically um, the toys that I that I uh, collected when I when I was a kid. You know, various and sundry action figures, this, that, and the other stuff. And I thought, you know, it might be kind of fun to to do 
a themed episode about Batman action figures. And indeed, that's what I did. So episode number 185, Toy Biz V. Kenner, Dawn of Collecting. Or a portrait of the podcaster as a young geek. I basically talked about the Toy Biz Batman 1989 uh, toy line. Over and against uh, Kenner's The Dark Knight Collection. And basically, if you know anything at all about either of those lines, you know that if there's a competition going on between those two lines, Kenner obviously was the winner. I mean, hands down, no questions asked. And, you know, that was it, it, that it, it, there's really nothing else to it. You know, I mean, Kenner by far released what I at least consider to be the superior product and not even so much just that it was the superior product. It's like it was almost like Toy Biz just didn't even show up for the game. You know, it's like, you know, what are you guys doing? So anyway, uh, so so there was that. Now. Moving right along, uh, the next thing that I did, and I'm not going to go through these things necessarily one by one by one, but so far the episodes that I've had to talk about are almost totally chronological with one another. And basically the reason for that is because, you know, there are just some really, I think, neat uh, neat and interesting things that happened, uh, episodes that I released that we need to talk about. So the... The uh, the next item sort of on the agenda here is the Spectre number one. And uh, here again, this was an episode that I thought turned out okay. I do intend to revisit the Spectre in the future and hopefully just from like a technical uh, kind of standpoint, I can I can basically do a better job is sort of what I'm saying here. So... I think it turned out well, but there are just, if I had it again, there are certain things that I, that I would like to do differently, you know, but what, what I at least did find kind of interesting and, and sort of telling and all of that was, you know, as far as the download numbers are concerned, I mean, the, the episode that I did about uh, crimes of violence, it. It was very well received. Now, I don't remember getting a ton of feedback about it. I mean, a little bit came through, and I'm going to talk about that at some point or another. But, you know, by and large, you know, this wasn't something that people had a whole lot to say about, but a lot of people seemed to want to listen to. So, I don't know. I tried to interpret that as a positive sign, so I don't know. Well, I'll let you guys decide for yourselves, you know, how good a job I really did with that episode. But, you know, by and large, this was a... uh, It was, it was fun at least to do, put it that way. So moving right along, the next thing was episode number 187, Musical Magnus, Volume 2. Basically, I rejoined forces with Tom Panneri so that we could talk about the REM album, Automatic for the People. And here again, I mean, from a technical standpoint, I think this episode turned out okay. You know, I think future editions of Musical Magnus are probably going to turn out probably better, I'd imagine. But at least for, you know, what we're working with here, I think this actually turned out, um, as they say in the industry, sort of okay-ish. And so by and large, it was just, it was a lot of fun just to get together with Tom and just shoot the bull about an album that he and I have both loved for like, what's it, like 20 years or something or more now. Um, I guess at this point, well over half my life. And so it... Tom Panarese is not the only guy that I'm going to host Musical Magnus with, as might be obvious by stuff I've, re- I've released since then. But at least as far as REM albums and some of the other stuff that we're going to be talking about, he is the only guy that I'm going to record that stuff with. So hopefully that all makes sense. Now, skipping ahead a little bit, um, with the conclusion of the Big Book Report, I launched a different series to sort of replace it, a different series with Honeywell that's called I couldn't think of a better title, so I just call it Weird Stuff. And the reason for this is because a lot of people seem to really respond positively to the just the kind of alternative views and conspiracy theories and whatnot that Honeywell and I uh, would talk about 
during the the big book report series. And so I thought, well, what if we have a series just for that to sort of replace the big book report? And so, you know, not that episode number 189 has anything to do with conspiracy theories or whatnot, but it does nevertheless relate to weird stuff. And this is um, He Will Not Divide Us, Bigly Edition. That's It's basically all uh, all about Shia LaBeouf's aborted He Will Not Divide Us art project that basically turned into a clusterfuck pretty quickly, but was nevertheless, uh, I think, very entertaining to watch. And it was a good reminder to us that whatever you may think of Shia LaBeouf as a person, he does have um, considerable talent, shall we say, for performance art and things like that. So anyway, overall, I think that episode turned out pretty well. Could have been worse, anyway. Uh, Not very long after that, I launched a mega series that was actually originally supposed to be something else, but I think what I eventually released turned out okay in and of itself. Uh, Basically, this was um, six episodes where Professor, uh, Professor Allen joined in to talk about the Chris Nolan Batman movies for three of those episodes. And... Here again, from a technical standpoint, these episodes turned out all right, but I think the discussion is actually gold. Like the actual conversation that he and I had in each of those episodes, I think it actually turned out great. And, you know, there are certain things that even now I would fix if I could, but by and large, these are episodes that I primarily stand by. And I just had a blast with uh, uh, the uh, with the the uh, professor and it was it was it was just a it was a ton of fun you know he and i always have a blast whenever we you know get together and record but even by that even by that standard you know i think these episodes are still kind of a standout you know i think they turned out really well so i don't know if that same thing can be said of the harry potter episodes that i did with uh rebecca johnson about the uh, the uh, uh, Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, and Prisoner of Azkaban movies. There were some technical problems that's, that, uh, well, they caused me no end of frustration, put it that way, with the uh, Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets episodes, where, I, I, look, I don't even want to get too far into it, but suffice it to say, you know, there were there were some technical difficulties going on behind the scenes, and so, you know, I made those episodes sound as good as I possibly could. But, I mean, end of the day, there's only so much that you can do. But the Prisoner of Azkaban episode, I think, actually turned out pretty well. You know, uh, there weren't any obvious and apparent um, technical problems or anything like that floating around. And so there may have, here again, there may have been a couple of things, you know, from a technical standpoint, I might have wanted to, to polish a little bit. But by and large, I think that, you know, all of these episodes actually turned out really well. So anyway, a lot of fun there. Moving ahead and then, uh, you know, just getting into some some other things, I released a, a pair of commentaries, or at least a pair of commentary episodes uh, in the summer. Uh, the first was about Superman the Animated Series. I did a couple of episodes, or a couple of commentaries for a couple of episodes of of that show. The idea was, you know, I'm always telling you listeners that, you know, if there's something that you want me to talk about, go ahead and let me know, and I'll try to find a way to to work it in if I can. And, you know, ages and ages and ages ago, I mean, like not very long after this podcast launched, somebody requested that I, that I do uh, commentaries about The Way of All Flesh and Stolen Memories, the uh, Superman, the animated series episodes. And so, you know, I thought, well, fuck it, why not? You know, may as well. I like those episodes. They're a ton of fun. And indeed, I had a blast talking about them. And so I guess what I'm saying is I'm not going to promise that I'll do more commentaries in the future, but I'm not promising that I won't either. But I was kind of in a commentary mood at that time, as might have been obvious by the fact that the very next week, I released uh, another commentary about the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode, You're the Zeppo. Now, this isn't exactly my favorite episode of Buffy ever, uh, ever but it, it is nevertheless really good, you know? And to me, it in a weird kind of way, it's almost like it typifies everything that Buffy the Vampire Slayer was up to in the third season of the show when 
I at least think that's when the show peaked. You know, the best season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer for me, hands down, without question, is the third season. You know, it had never been this good before, and largely it had never be this good again either, you know? And so I thought as an episode, You're the Zeppo gives overall maybe the best vantage point of the third season of Buffy. And let's face it, you know, Honeywell and I had a very hard time getting together right about that time to record another uh, Weird Stuff episode. Something had to fill the void. And so this You're the Zeppo Buffy commentary, it filled the void. So anyway, so that's that. Moving right along, this is actually something that I, like even now, I'm I'm actually really proud of. Um, basically, what happened was the lease on my apartment ended and I had an opportunity to to lease a house. And, you know, obviously this requires moving, but I had an opportunity to to lease a house and all of that stuff. So during the summer, I made that transition, you know, made the move. And then I'm not kidding, guys. Like, I think it was like less than two weeks after finishing the move. I got together to this was supposed to be I'm not kidding, guys. Just one episode of Trennis Magnus Jabs Reality, co-starring John M. Wilson and Rebecca Johnson. Uh, we basically wanted to talk about um, Batman v. Superman Dawn of Justice in kind of like a retrospective type of fashion. And guys, hand on heart, my intention for that episode, or well, for what became that series of episodes, uh, hand on heart, it really was that maybe we would spend an hour or so working our way through this and and then after that everyone could sort of go on their happy little way right that was the plan right not exactly what happened though and we what i realized is just because this conversation went on for so long i i i really just from like a, I guess like a logistical point of view, I have no choice except to divide this up into uh, smaller and relatively more bite-sized pieces. And so that's what I ended up doing. And guys, I'm not kidding. There was a point there when the, the uh, Trennis Magnus Punches Reality episode, and obviously these things don't have numbers, I just release them. But the episode entitled Trinus Magnus Jabs Reality, A Beautiful Lie, Batman v Superman, Third Impressions, Part 1. That I'm not going to give you like the exact numbers, but I will say that it was... I want to say it that, that episode was released July the 26th, 2017, and it was... Let me think. I want to say it was probably... November. It may it may have been October, but I think it might have actually now that I think about it been November before that uh before that episode Beautiful Lie fell out of the uh the Two True Freaks top 10 monthly downloads. It was just in there for a really fucking long time. And even there, I mean I'm being a little bit premature. Actually, I'm looking at the numbers right now. And so it was definitely I think it was like the number 2 episode in uh, November, uh, 2017. Um, and then for December, which at the time that I record this obviously isn't really over yet, but it's not in the top 10. It doesn't even look like it's in the top 30 actually anymore, but that's fine. And so it basically, it was downloaded guys. I'm not kidding. Thousands upon thousands of times, you know, and I'm really proud of these three episodes that, you know, the third impressions that, uh, uh, John M. Wilson and Rebecca Johnson and I did about Batman v Superman, these three episodes. I think they turned out great. And it was, uh, it, and obviously it, it was a pleasure to get together with them to, to talk about all of that. So anyway, moving right along, getting into, you know, the later summer, I released an episode of another episode of Trennis Magnus Jabs Reality, where I didn't talk about the entire Coverdale page album with, Bob Fisher, we talked about, uh, I believe it was six 
uh, six of the songs on the cover, uh, David Coverdale, Jimmy Page album, the only one that they ever did together. And um, I think that episode, it was a ton of fun to record. And like the stuff that I had, the, the stuff that uh, Bob and I talked about before, you know, we actually started recording properly, like recording the show properly. You know, that stuff was a hoot and I don't have Bob's permission to uh, release it, but it was just, it was a ton of fun, you know, just hanging out with Bob and, um, you know, just drinking some bourbon and just talking about some, some rock and roll, you know, what could be better, you know? So anyway, and obviously this was another ep uh, episode of uh, Musical Magnus. So uh, anyway, like I said, lots of fun and I had a, uh, had a blast doing it. Um, next, getting a little bit more uh, late into the summer, or and kind of early and early, early, early into the fall, um, Houston uh, basically got shellacked by Hurricane Harvey, and so there was this sort of enforced sort of stalemate that we that the me well me <laughs> I say I like I'm the only one that suffered from this. Really, the entire fucking city of Houston suffered from this this kind of stalemate where. You can't, you can't really do anything. I mean, there's nothing to do except stay home. That's it, you know? Um, I was basically cut off from, uh, from my, my parents. I was cut off from my, you know, my, my brothers. If I had to evac out of my house, I don't really have a way of doing that, is pretty much what it comes down to. I basically have to depend upon the kindness of strangers. You know, if, it, if my house had gotten flooded out like submerged and some houses when I say some many houses in Houston were completely submerged and so if it had come to that I pretty much am gonna gonna have to depend upon the kindness of strangers hopefully somebody in a boat uh, would see me and uh, you know get us out of here because the idea of driving that is officially no longer an option right so anyway and, you know, I, I remember that there were people on Facebook who were kind of critical about that. Like, you know, what the fuck? Why didn't you guys just evacuate? Well, guys, what I need, what all of you really need to understand is that Houston is a really fucking big city. Okay. I mean, what I tell people is picture the state of Connecticut. All right. Houston is bigger than that. All right, uh, we are bigger than the entire, just geographically, okay, bigger than the entire fucking state of Connecticut. All right, and it's not really so simple as to say that you know, um, you can that that you can just that you can just hop in your car and, and drive out of there. Okay, and just in the city of Houston, right, and we're talking here about city limits. You're talking about 2.3 million people, right? In the greater Houston metro area, the number is 6.3 million, all right? And just to put that in perspective, guys, the, the, the state of Montana, Delaware, South Dakota, North Dakota, Alaska, Washington, D.C., Vermont, and Wyoming between all eight of them, they have 6.25 million people, all right? So anyone who's curious, you know, why didn't you guys evacuate? Well, where the fuck do you put eight states worth of people in just two days, okay? Because that's all we had, all right? And so, like, this is something that I, I honestly don't think that a lot of people really stop to think about all that much, but it's true, you know? So anyway, what I ended up doing was... You know, just to kind of pass the time, as you do in the middle of a natural fucking disaster. I watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy, right? But I decided to do something kind of interesting with it and watch it in sort of reverse order. So I started off with Return of the King, followed it up with The Two Towers, and then finished it off with The Fellowship of the Ring. And, you know, I basically released three episodes of Trinus Magnus Jab's Reality comparing the theatrical version of each of those movies to the extended version. And I don't know if I uh, won very many hearts and minds with my outlook on 
the theatrical cuts versus the extended cuts, but if nothing else, I'd like to think it was an interesting little diversion for me to record and then an interesting little diversion for other people to listen to, so I don't know. I'll let you guys be the judge of that. So anyway, later I ended up sort of by popular demand. I finally sat down and, and watched uh, Star Wars Rogue One and I think that the people who recommended that movie to me, they did so with the very best of intentions. You know, they thought, hey, this is a movie that I bet Magnus would really enjoy, and so I'm going to recommend that he watch it and all that stuff, right? My guess is that's what they intended. But all this really did was kind of cement me in the view that, you know what, I, I think I'm done with these new Star Wars movies, and certainly since... A lot of the uh, spoilers about The Last Jedi have come my way. I've, I, I tend to view that kind of as affirmation of my decision that, you know what? Any of you who are listening to this and you love these new Star Wars movies and, the, and they're everything that you hoped that they, that they would be, man, I'm not trying to take anything away from you. Good for you. God bless and Godspeed. All I'm going to say is that they, these movies are not really to my liking. And so as a result, rather than rain on your parade, what I think I'm going to do is just kind of call it a day with, with star Wars movies. I, I think I'm out guys. So anyway, so, um, moving right along, um, the next, the next major thing that, that happened was, uh, I wanted to, I guess as part of my observance of Halloween. I wanted to watch some scary movies. And so I ended up watching all of the paranormal activity movies, except for the marked ones, because that's supposed to be skippable. And then I thought, well, you know, I guess since I'm watching all these movies, I guess I can probably release an episode about them. And so sure enough, I did. Episode 221 in loving memory of Grandma Lois. And you know, these are not exactly the greatest horror movies that there that there's ever been or anything like that. But, you know, I thought that they were okay, you know, uh, by, you know, I, like as far as horror movies are concerned, they're not, they're not terrible. And I was kind of taken by the sort of mythos that the series sort of developed as it went along. thought it turned out actually pretty well. So, and the episode that I recorded, um, to my memory, it, considering that the Paranormal Activity series is pretty far outside of my lane as a podcaster, I thought the, uh, the episode was relatively well received. So, I don't know. Sometimes you can surprise yourself, I guess. So, anyway. Moving right along. There was this almighty push starting in about the middle or end of November to do kind of tributes or at least some kind of acknowledgement about Doomsday, which is the name of the story that was published in 1992 wherein Superman died. I know that the trade paperback has some kind of stupid other name, but the name uh, that's that's printed on the comics that I bought, that that name is Doomsday. So as far as I'm concerned, that's the name of the story. And if you don't like it, you can lump it. So anyway, wanted to uh, release an episode about that. You know, nothing, nothing fancy. Just wanted to toss that out there, see what comes back to me. And, you know, overall I had, I, I think it would be fair to say I had a, a lot of fun recording that, that Doomsday episode. But when it was over, I just really couldn't shake the idea that as far as stories where Superman dies, are concerned I think I I think I like the death of Superman a little bit better and I refer here to the story that was published as a feature-length novel in Superman volume 1 number 149 where Luther Dunn kills Superman and I I don't know I mean it's just to me you know it's almost it, in a weird kind of way, it's almost unfair to compare the death of Superman to Doomsday, even though, for some reason, the comparisons are kind of inevitable. But, you know, in terms of just sheer imagination, and at least, you know, what I at least 
love about comics, like at their best, you know, when comics are at their best, it just seems to me that there's a lot more imagination and creativity and inventiveness to the death of Superman from Superman number 149 than in Doomsday as a story. Now, eventually Doomsday would get fleshed out more as time went on, but at least based on what we see in the Doomsday storyline, honestly, it's it, it's really, it's just a big fight, you know? That's pretty much it. Whereas, anyway, whatever. Comparisons are not completely appropriate, but I realize that they are inevitable, so whatever. Moving right along, uh, Stacy and I uh, took in uh, Justice League in, uh, in November, and guys, I'm going to be very honest with you. I didn't exactly pull any punches in that episode of Trinus Magnus Jab's reality called Meat on the Bone that I did about Justice League. Here again, I'm not trying to ruin anybody else's good time. If you enjoy Justice League, good on you, all right? I'm happy for you, really. But this is not... This is not what I wanted, you know? And I know it's kind of trendy. I don't completely know why, but I know it's sort of trendy to make fun of the people who are petitioning for a Zack Snyder cut of uh, ju the uh, Justice League film. And... I, I don't know why, you know, why the people who want that are being made fun of, but for some reason, they are. So, I can kind of understand where they're coming from. Now, as far, you know, don't mistake me for an expert, you know, as far, but, but as far as I know, it's not really possible to make a Zack Snyder version of the Justice League film because there were reshoots that Snyder needed to do that at this point are impossible you know it a, a Snyder version of the movie can't really exist at all but I I cannot shake the suspicion and something tells me this is I'm not alone on this one I can't shake the suspicion that the movie that Joss Whedon finished is not the movie that Zack Snyder would have would have made you know and I'm not saying that the movie is horrible, you know? I mean, for me, Cyborg was a pretty big and kind of welcome surprise, you know? But for the most part, you know, this is just not what I wanted from a Justice League, or not any Justice League movie, I guess, but this isn't what I wanted for the Justice League movie as a follow-up to Batman v Superman, you know? And so... Honestly, I hope Warner Brothers has kind of learned their lesson here. You know, these weird fucking crybabies that are all over Facebook bitching and complaining about how bad uh, Batman v Superman sucks. Well, guys, you guys at Warner Brothers, with Justice League, you tried to please them. You tried to give them what you want, or rather what they want. You tried to give them what they want. What's your reward? Well, Justice League right now is moving, is losing money hand over fist. The people who loved Batman v Superman, by and large, are not showing up for Justice League. The people that hated Batman v Superman are also, by and large, not showing up for Justice League. So, way to go, Warner Brothers. You've alienated, at this point, your entire fucking audience. Good job. Idiots. So, anyway. <sighs> moving right along... There was a uh, an extended version of Superman the movie that was released in 2017 that I finally got a chance to take in uh, near the end of November. It was uh, basically, this is the uh, TV version of Superman that aired on, I think it was ABC television in the 80s. This was basically the big network premiere of Superman the movie. And I hadn't seen it ever since I was a kid. And finally got a chance to see it as an adult. And guys, it was a ton of fun. Loved it. It was, um, yeah, there are some kind of weak spots with it. I'll, I'd be the first to admit that. But by and large, I really do think that, like, as extended cuts are concerned, this, this is actually really worth taking in. I mean, I don't think at this point anything is going to replace the theatrical version of Superman the movie for me. But... The extended cut definitely replaces the Richard Donner director's cut for me. So, yep, uh, this was great. Loved it. And 
I released an episode about it, so check it out if you're interested in hearing more about that. Moving right along, near the uh, the end of of uh, the year, I I don't know. I guess I guess I was feeling a little bit nostalgic again about my childhood. Not so much this time about toys. This was more about music, and so I released a series of Trinus Magnus Jabs reality specials. I think these might have originally been intended to be. Well, and in, and in fact, now that I look at it, actually they were musical Magnus episodes. Basically, it just takes you through the the anthem of each of my years in high school. And so, for my freshman year, the song uh, the song in question was "The Smashing Pumpkins," nineteen seventy nine. Sophomore year was Pearl Jam's "In My Tree." Junior year was the Beatles' "The Ballad of John and Yoko." And then senior year was Alanis Morissette's Thank You. And the kind of weird thing about that, well, I say weird at least to me, was that the Thank You show that I did about the song Thank You, you know, the episode that I did about the Alanis Morissette song called Thank You, that ended up being, that ended up getting more downloads than... Let's see here. It's it's close. It's a it's not by much, but um, it ended up getting more downloads than the the episode about um, the Ballad of John and Yoko, which is surprising at least to me, and also more downloads than the episode about the Pearl Jam song "In My Tree," which is I don't know, flip a coin on that one. You know how predictable was that really? You know. So anyway, of the four of them. The Smashing Pumpkins episode about my freshman year, that was the one that got the most downloads, but I don't know. Maybe this was predictable, maybe it wasn't. But anyway, it seems like overall these were fairly well-received episodes. Following that, I launched the episode, or rather, I launched the mega series cover date, January 1991, and episode 231. This was about Superman number 51. And then following that... Just a couple of days later, in fact, I released my uh, 2017 Christmas special, and that that focused on Adventures of Superman number 487. Now, Superman number 51 and the Adventures of Superman number 487, both of those comics were written by uh, Jerry Ordway. You know, uh, this is a, a Superman writer whose work. I've never made any secret at all of appreciating. And so, unbeknownst to me, Gene Gene, the podcasting machine, Hendrix, uh, basically promoted those episodes on Twitter on my behalf. And, you know, I didn't know he was doing it. It's just, this is something he's done. I don't really have a whole lot to do with Twitter, guys. So, that's why I don't promote my stuff on Twitter. But, looks like I've got Gene doing that. And so apparently somehow, I don't know how, but somehow Jerry Ordway found out about that. And so he liked both of those episode announcements, the one for Superman number 51 and the one for Adventures of Superman number 487. And that's just, that is just really fucking cool. You know, I like that, you know, wow, Jerry Ordway. I don't know if he actually listened to those episodes, but you know, dang it, he at least saw the episode announcements and he liked them. So that's kind of cool. So anyway, and that was pretty much, I think, uh, most of the uh, high points and highlights of uh, 2017. Now, just to kind of give you guys a little bit of a preview of coming attractions, if you've heard any of my, well, if you've heard my latest promo, odds are you know that I'm going to spend probably the great majority of uh, 2018 um, talking about various and sundry Batman comics. And so, you know, that pretty much speaks for itself. But I'm really excited about about this uh, Batman mega series that I'm doing. It's called The Caped Crusades. I'm really excited about that. I've got, I think, some pretty interesting comics lined up, you know, some of which are kind of obvious. Others are, I think, maybe a little bit less obvious. And overall, I think that there's going to be I think there's going to be some really good stuff coming out of all of this. So let's say that. Now, like I say, that's going to occupy most of my attention for the year of 2018. But once that 
once that mega series wraps up, um, what I'm going to be doing is making some changes to Trentus Magnus Punch's reality. And, you know, not huge changes or anything like that. It's still going to be an, an eight-episode structure that I follow where I have six episodes where I talk about whatever I want, a seventh episode where I'm joined by Chris Honeywell, and then an eighth episode where I talk about Smallville. That stuff is going to stick around. But if you've paid attention to the, uh, to the uh, weird stuff episodes that I've released lately and the Smallville episodes that I've released lately, you may have noticed some uh, changes in those episodes in terms of, you know, the way that things get done. And that's actually going to become really the style for, shall we say, all of Trentus Magnus Punch's reality. And you either know what I'm talking about or you don't. And if you don't, well, then I guess you've got something to look forward to because it'll be a surprise. So, but you're going to have to wait nearly a year to get more on that. So anyway, but once I finish up the, um, the, uh, uh, Caped Crusades mega series. What I'm gonna try like hell to do is get some is get some guests in on this show with me because you know after nearly a year, not counting the weird stuff episodes that I'll be doing with Honeywell, it'll basically be almost a full year of me just solo podcasting. And so I thought, what better way to finish off 2018 than to have a a bunch of guests and friends and whatnot swing on by and we can talk about all kinds of fun stuff. So at near the end of 2018, again, this isn't necessarily written in stone. This is just uh, an agenda item of mine. This is what I want to do is basically finish off 2018 with as many guest stars as I can possibly get just to kind of make up for lost time when it comes to that. So I guess we'll see how successful I can ultimately be with all of that. But anyway, so there you go, guys. That's pretty much 2017 in a nutshell, and that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing, what I'm going to be up to in the uh, great majority of uh, 2018. So anyway, I think that this has uh, turned out pretty well, and I hope all of you agree. But uh, either way, I'd just like to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to me and invite me into your home week after week. It's been a real blast, and guys, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't really know how much longer Trinus Magnus Punch's reality is is going to stick around. But obviously we've got until at least the end of 2018 at the very bare minimum. And uh, so not there's not an immediate you know problem or anything like that there. Ideally, what I want to do is finish up my Smallville retrospective and go through all 10 seasons of the show and, uh, you know, get basically get that stuff in the can. And then, you know, once that's finished... Well, I'm not going to make any promises after that. So anyway, but as I say, you know, this has been a lot of fun. And I just want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen, taking the time to send in feedback. Those of you who have sent donations, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I'm really looking forward to 2018. Let's make this a great year, right? So I think that's pretty much it for me, though. So bye, everybody. I'll see you next time.
everybody, Magnus here. At Trennis Magnus Punches Reality, I talk about comics, movies, and TV shows. But mostly it's comics. And starting in February 2018, I'm launching a mega series that's all about Batman comics. And right now, you're probably saying, Big Magnus, Big Magnus, does this have anything to do with that new Batman movie that may or may not be coming soon? Why, yes. Yes, it does. I plan to talk about a crapload of Batman comics, and I want you riding along in the Batmobile with me. This is the Caped Crusades, a 24-part mega-series all about Batman comics that have meant a lot to me for a lot of years now. And as I work through all of that, I'll also talk about what I personally consider to be Batman's series finale. All that and more is part of the Caped Crusades, a 24-part Trennis Magnus Punches Reality mega-series. Be there in February 2018. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality can be found at TwoTrueFreaks.com as well as iTunes. Thank you.